Hello and welcome to The Swinging Bunt. This is our first ever video show. This will also be our first all sports podcast. So on today's show, we'll be talking about the beginning of the baseball season as is being forced by the commissioner and the owners upon the players. We will also be talking about the startup of the NBA season, which is something we've never covered on this show before. Wes will be heading that up, Wes and James and Toby at least. I'm definitely not the expert in that category. And we will also be covering a little bit of football news and just uh, whatever leads us in the show. So without any further ado, this is The Swinging Bunt. Thank you for listening and or watching. Alright guys, so I think we should just go ahead and get right into it. We have a few different ideas for the show today. Um, let's go ahead and get what we're used to out of the way first. So baseball, we talked about last time we were here, the owners had set a sent a 60-game proposal to the players of 100% pro-rated salary. We talked about the ins and outs of it. We don't need to go into it anymore. Pretty much the players voted, or I, sh I should say the 40, what, 42 players that are on the player committee I don't remember mm -hmm. the exact number. They voted. I think like only nine of them approved it, but the vast majority denied the proposal. Um, so I thought only that, three approved. What was it? I think only three approved. That's possible. Maybe it was. Three. I thought it was five. So yeah, it was. It was a big <laughs> majority. Rage. It was not a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyways, they denied. They declined it. So what that means is because of the agreement that they made on March twenty sixth, the owners and the commissioner have the right to impose a season on the players. Um, it looks like what that proposal is going to be is probably somewhere around the 60 games. It will be 100% prorated salary, um, but they're losing some of the benefits that they would have gotten if they had accepted the previous deal, <clears throat> like extra uh, playoff incentives, more players getting paid in the playoffs because it was an expanded playoff um, system. So there's a little bit of things that they'll lose in it, but what this allows the players to do is to now file a grievance for the shortened season, saying that it was not enough money based off of their uh, previous agreement or enough enough games. Um, but this is not going to affect the upcoming season because a grievance takes two, three, maybe more years to happen. So this is not something that we'll have to worry about too much, at least in the very near future. A uh, couple things that this does mean is that there will be a regular playoffs of 10 teams with the two wild cards in each league. There is going to be a DH in both leagues, and um, extra innings will actually start with a runner on second base, uh, like in the minor league system. I've always felt like this is something that would be cool to watch, but in the minors. I don't want this in the majors, really, because it kind of messes up things. But if you're going to do it and test it out, this is the year to test it out. Because I feel like there's going to be a lot of asterisks on this season. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah and I. Oh, sorry, James. Go ahead. I was about to say something stupid. You just go ahead. Oh, yeah. I mean, so far, it's just for this season uh, that they've agreed to it for 2020. So, Correct. you know, we'll see if. Uh, and that's the same for the, for the DH. I hope it stays on for more. I'm a deep, big DH fan, but uh, it's just for this 2020 season. And since they didn't agree to anything, it could be gone 2021. So who knows? Yeah. And um, 
like you said, this is just going to be 60-game test trial. So the DH in the American National League, this is going to be... Um, I, I wonder if we, when we look back on this season, if people are going to act like it wasn't a real season. Because there's a lot of things that uh, are different and that the numbers won't really translate. For instance, if someone wins the MVP, our player is going to act like it wasn't a real true MVP award because they didn't go through the, all the struggles that um, other MVPs went through. Um, what, same thing with the World Series. I will go ahead and walk through a few things. That If the season had ended after 60 games the last year, the <laughs> um, Washington Nationals would have been fourth in the division, and they won the World Series. They were at, uh, what is it, 27-33 and 33 at 60 games last year, so they wouldn't have even been in the playoffs. Um, the Rangers would have made the playoffs. The Braves and Phillies would have been tied at 33-27 and 27 for their division lead. The Rockies would have, well, I think the Rockies did make the playoffs, didn't they? Um, no, I don't think they did actually. They would have made the playoffs. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? The Brewers and Cubs would have been tied at their division at thirty-four and twenty-six. Also, so, the Cardinals would have made it. The Cardinals would not have made the playoffs either. Correct. So there's just a lot of things going on at sixty games into the season where. There's just so much variance, right? Because you think yeah. about certain sports. I was having this conversation, James, you saw it with a, a few other friends, where they were saying that, oh, 60 games of baseball season, this is going to be way better than 162 games. And they just didn't understand how baseball really works, right? In baseball, you have to have a lot of games because in order for the better teams to really show that they are the better teams, you have to sh- have a large sample size. Because in a small sample size, the worst team can often win in baseball. That doesn't happen nearly as much in football and in basketball. It happens, but not nearly as much as it does in baseball, especially when if you have three great pitchers and two decent pitchers in your five-man rotation, more often than not, when you have those two poorer pitchers, even a bad team may beat them, right? So in a small sample size of 60 games, it's not really very representative of who is the best um, team. Now, I was reading an article from the St. Louis Cardinals and for them, actually, it has been very uh, relative. If they would take their 60-game stats, I think it was over like the last 20 years, then they have like 0.3 fewer losses per 162 games than they would if they played 162 games every year, which they have done. So it just depends on the team and the situation, of course, but there's going to be a lot of reason for people to kind of throw an asterisk in this season. Well, I think one thing is... Um, and this this is kind of jumping back to the old Nationals days. I know for for the longest time, uh, Ian Desmond was one of the Nationals fans' favorite players. And it was notorious that you just throw out his April stats because they were going to be so bad. Mm-hmm. It, there was no – you just knew he was going to bat sub 200 and have some errors. And then he'd get rolling into May and then throughout the rest of the year he'd be awesome. And I think he had like three straight years of 20 homers, 20 stolen bases. Yeah, and now, that's how a lot of guys are in baseball. Yeah, and now with the 60-game season, if you start slow, you can't really pick it back up. It's kind of like, like my uh, baseball career with Maranatha. It's like, oh, I started the season in a one-month slump. Oh, man, season's over. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> and and the, the other thing with uh, the DH, um, I'm a National League guy, so I'm not a huge fan of the DH. But I think it, it really just makes sense for this season because – and years previous, you have all of spring training to get a guy, a pitcher's arm worked up mm-hmm. and get him into the season. And, you know, by, you know, July, they're fully worked out. They can go seven innings. Whereas I don't know that that's going to be the case when you play a 60 game season. I don't want a National League manager having to worry about all oh, the pitchers up third this inning. Do I want to pull him here or not? I want, and that's something that American League managers have no, haven't had to deal with for a while, and National League managers do. But I think this year where we're not sure what pitchers are going to be able to do because it is a shortened season and maybe they won't be able to get their arms fully stretched out even until maybe even the postseason time. I think it's going to be smart that they can say, all right, well, this starters, you know, I, I can leave him out there. I don't have to worry about when he's coming up the next inning or whatnot. Well, and the loss will be able to extend those starters a lot longer because of yeah. the lack of innings that they'll be pitching this year. You don't have to hold guys off for the playoffs. You don't have to um, worry about him pitching 250 innings. I mean, we're going to see young pitchers who are usually on a pitch count. They're going to be throwing seven, eight inning games, I bet. Um, I guess, yeah. Yes, people like him, exactly. So I think we'll be able to see a lot of that. And also, another thing is, too, without having minor league 
uh, development for these players because there's no minor league season. We're going to see a lot of guys getting opportunity in the majors, especially in the worst teams that don't really have chances at the playoffs, who would usually be playing in AAA, AA, etc., maybe even single, I don't know, who are just going to come up and say, look, the way that we can develop you is to play you here in the majors. Yeah, we're not going to win the World Series this year, but we may as well get you into development, so maybe next year we can. However, yeah, I mean, who, you don't know who you can find either. You can find like a gym. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. One and drawback. Jake, I want to get your thoughts on this. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Let Jake. me finish this thought. All right. One drawback okay. to that is when you bring these guys up to majors, now they're going to have to start getting the start time on that contract, right? Remember, they were always mm-hmm. manipulating contract time with guys like Chris Bryant um, and I'm sure Acuna, right? James was one of those guys too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, if they bring these guys up saying the only way we can develop you with game time is if you're playing in the majors, um, it's going to make their contract start a lot earlier. So we may not see as much of that as we would think, but we'll just have to see what happens. I'm all for yeah. that, though, if that does happen. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I think they could maybe provide a waiver for that, you know. Maybe yeah. the owners would look back on it and say, look, let's just across the board go ahead and say that. You see, the players would never agree to that, though, not in a million years. <laughs> so, All right, go ahead, Toby. So I think the team that actually got hurt possibly the most out of this whole coronavirus thing is the Cleveland Indians because we all knew that at the deadline, Lindor was getting traded. Well, not necessarily. I think they would probably keep around for the end of his contract. Yeah, but even so, like there was a possibility Lindor was getting traded. You were going to get a haul for him because he's arguably the best shortstop in the game. Now, this year, if you trade them and it's the thir- August 31st deadline, I don't know that you're going to get this much. I'm going to have to cut and you off. So Toby. I think that'll be interesting to see what teams can have. <laughs> Am I cutting him out? You are, you but are. I mean, I think the listeners kind of got what you're getting across. If you weren't able to hear him, he was saying um, with Francisco Lindor, he has a two years left in his contract, right? No matter what, this year counts as a full year for the players' contracts. So after this season, he'll only have one year left. A lot of rumors going around, will the Indians try to trade away Francisco Lindor at the July 31st trade deadline? Um, but now, I mean, the season's looking to start at July 25th, July 26th. That trade deadline, now you're saying, was moved back to August 31st, Toby? Yep. Okay. So if they say, we're going to trade you away Francisco Lindor, and you're going to get him for one year and one month, right? Because the season ends September 29th. People are not going to give you quite the haul that they were going to get if you're doing a full half-season trade, right? And um, a year and a half, I should say. So you're right. That does hurt the Indians. If they were to try to trade Lindor, they wouldn't get nearly as much. This kind of puts them in a bind to where they can either try to extend him or they pretty much get him for a year and a half because I don't think they're going to get what they would want for a one-year deal out of Lindor because that's what people would be getting as a one-year rental. Um, unless he went to a huge team who's willing to extend him willing to sign him right after they traded for him um, to an extension. So I think you're right. That does hurt the Indians, and it hurts a lot of teams in positions like that. This whole thing is just a big debacle. Before I move on to our uh, middle segments, I want to talk about some of these restrictions that the MLB is putting on the players. Um, I haven't, I've been at work and busy since I first read this article, so I'm not sure if the players – have you guys seen if the players have sent back their agreement to comply to the standards the MLB sent today, this morning? I've heard they're talking about about it, and they want to talk about more about the health. The more they, about the health. I haven't seen an agreement though. Okay, they just they agreed to it. They did just like the it. last few minutes. All right, so pretty much the owner said, "Look, we want you guys to agree to um, the medical rules." And what was the other thing? I forget. I mean, safety and health. Um, the safety and health rules, and there's one other thing. I don't remember what it was. Whatever. Who cares? Anyways, some of these medical rules that they put in place for the coronavirus are just pretty ridiculous. So let me just go ahead and read these to you guys. Players and other team personnel not participating in the game would sit in the stands separated by at least six feet. They would apply the same distancing standards to the national anthem. Okay, fine, understand. It's gonna be weird having the only people in the stands be players, but whatever. And they're not gonna have to sit by. They're gonna have to sit by themselves. Going on. What's that? Like instant scouting going on. Yeah, I guess. Um, but they'll have to be six feet apart, so they're going to be sitting by themselves, six chairs, then another guy. It's going to be the most boring time ever, because especially <laughs> since they are not allowed to spit or chew. So they're not going to be sitting there by themselves, spitting sunflower seeds or chewing, unless maybe maybe they'll allow them to spit into a cup. I would hope they would at least allow them to do that. hope so. 
Um, celebratory contact is verboten, which means forbidden, James. No high fives, fist bumps, or hugs. It's funny the way they, they word it. The grand tradition of gross habits is on hiatus. <laughs> a minimal distance between base runners, fielders, coaches, and umpires on the field will be encouraged as much as possible. The point of saying that is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're not going to hold a person on so I get free stolen bases. Uh, just so you don't catch the coronavirus, you can have second base. I'm not going to. I'm not going to risk it. You got it. The first baseman's going to be like, hey, you could, I think you'll need to get off a little farther off. Yeah. <laughs> Um, whoa, you cannot slide back into first base here, bud. I am here already, and you are breaking my bubble. This <laughs> is my bubble. This is the one that's most ridiculous to me, though. A ball will be thrown out once it has been touched by multiple players. What? Doesn't that happen every time? That happens every time the pitcher throws a pitch. The pitcher throws the ball, the catcher catches it, and he grabs the ball. That ball's just getting sailed into the stands now, you're telling me? Like, are you kidding me? Trevor Bauer stuff. <laughs> can I just go? Can I just go sit? I'll sit in like the upper deck and I'll just shag balls yeah. the whole game. Oh my word, dude! Now I imagine that that is not the letter of the law there, but they must mean if it's touched by like a fielder or something. Yeah, I can't imagine it being the pitcher catcher every time. But that's There's multiple. No that's multiple. I, I, I understand. I'm just <laughs> unless he catches in his glove and throws it with his glove. He just like rolls it back like, out there. Like a double play, then. Probably not going around the horn. <laughs> yeah, you're not throwing the ball around the horn. Absolutely not. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> Here's another one. They they say they're claiming they want sanitization and health, but post-game showers are discouraged is the exact wording. Um, as will be the use of taxis and ride shares. So you're walking home stinky and sweaty. I guess you can shower once you get back to your hotel. But I think this means no group showers. Yeah. So. Who's doing yeah. group showers? You know. <laughs> Anyways, players will be screened for temperature multiple times per day and tested for coronavirus multiple times per week. Anyone testing positive will be immediately quarantined. Two negative tests will be required for a possible return. I think that stuff's really good. Honestly, most of these suggestions are pretty solid and needed. And whatever it takes to get a baseball season, just do it. But um, some of these I think are pretty ridiculous, and I don't imagine them being um, upheld very well. <laughs> Especially I think it would be interesting ball. to see, uh, you know, if because if one player gets it, I mean, they'll be in a dugout the whole game. You know, if if a couple players get it, you know, it, it'll be interesting how many guys get brought up. Be like, well, we lost five players this week. Let's get the whole infield from AAA team yeah, up here. Yeah, for real. <laughs> it's going to be so weird, and hopefully those players are like, they're going to have expanded rosters for instances like that because you know someone's going to catch it. And if that person catches it and eight other people were in contact with him, then those guys are all going to be put on a certain day quarantine. It's all going to be a mess. But whatever it takes to get some baseball, though, I'll be happy. Hey, this will be interesting for sure. All right. Let's get into a new segment. Uh, one thing. One Go thing. Ahead, Before you do, uh, I was going to try to mention this earlier, and we talked about it at the very beginning, but um, I didn't get a chance to. Um, we talked about filing a grievance. Um, the players can file a grievance against uh, the owners. However... We didn't talk about the fact that the owners can file a grievance against a union. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very, uh, and I think if that happens, which I'm pretty sure if one files a grievance, the other one's going to file a grievance, it's going to be a disaster. Just to go back to what we talked about last week, how um, I think, I think there's probably going to be a strike when they try to develop a new CBA. After the 2021 season is yeah. the new CBA. And I think that there's a very good chance that we don't have a full season in 2022, 2021. I think we should be fine. Because they can't strike until after that season. But after that, I think you may be right, James. Because it just does not seem like anyone is willing to help each other. All right. Time for a new segment that we are calling High Heat. Uh, it's high because some of these hot takes, you're going to think I'm high. And it's high heat because they're hot takes. So I figured it was a pretty good uh, name for a segment. It's probably been done in other, some other sports show. I'm sure it probably has. But anyways, what I'm going to do every week is I'm going to give you guys a hot take. Um, it's going to be random out of nowhere. You're not going to know what it is. And then you guys are going to need to tell me how hot is that take? Is it absolutely crazy? Um, is there a situation where you could see this happening? And is there, um, or am I just absolutely nuts? So my hot take this year is that Anthony Lynn, head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers, will be fired before the ninth game of the season. And here's why. 
So he, I think he's a great coach. I don't think he should be fired. He's put into a situation this year where I do not think they are designed to win. They have a really solid defense, which is going to be their strong point. Um, if they are able to, if they are able to win, it's going to be because of their defense. I think they have potential to be one of the top five defenses in the league this year. But defense alone can't win championships, as you saw with the Patriots this year. Even having the greatest quarterback of all time and arguably the best defense in football, they were not able to do it. And I don't think the Chargers are going to be able to have a winning season either. So if you go ahead and look at the season for the Chargers. All right, so here's why Anthony Lynn's going to be fired. They play the Bengals week one. Could win that game. Could not. We'll see what happens. Joe Burrow will be starting, but they're in Cincinnati. Next game, they're home against the Chiefs. Loss. Next game, they're home against the Panthers. Could win, but... I think they will win. I think they could win it, but McCaffrey's still there. And Teddy's still there. And DJ Moore's still there. I'm going to give it to the Panthers. It could go either way, right? So I've got them at 1-2. and Next game is at Buccaneers, 1-3. and Next game is at Saints, 1-4. and Next game is home against the Jets. I'll give them that one, 2-4. and Next two games, they're at Dolphins and home against the Jags. I have them winning maybe one of those, is what I said before. So I have them either two and six or three and five after their eight games. Then the season actually gets worse for them. So at this point in the season, after that comes their bye, I think that Lance Lynn gets fired during that bye week. Lance Lynn? Or I'm sorry, um, Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn. Now, he's a good coach. I mean, two years ago, he took them to the AFC champion, or not AFC championship, uh, AFC divisional game where they were expected to beat the Patriots. They did not. Of course, the Patriots went on to win the Super Bowl that year. But they had a great team two years ago. Last year, not so much. Noob coach. But he's put in a position with uh, quarterbacks who aren't known for winning and a rookie quarterback, right? I don't personally see them coming out of those first eight games with a winning, uh, anywhere close to winning record. And I think that Anthony Lynn will be fired during their bye week. What are your th- thoughts on that take? I'll go first. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, I, I do not agree with it at all. A, they stuck with him this long, and he, they Three know the situation. One good one. It hasn't been that long. Uh, but the, the thing I think, this hear me out. Okay. Uh, hear me out. I think they signed Colin Kaepernick. Really? I do. I fully believe in it. They, they're going to try him out this summer. They already said it. I think they sign him. I think he becomes a starter, and they're going to like play this unbelievable football behind him, just like the 49ers did. Hey, I don't I mean, think he's going to have a lot of rust to knock off. A lot of rust. I mean, have you seen him? He's pretty. He's doing pretty well for himself. I mean, it's he may be in shape, but that doesn't mean that he's an NFL. I, I'm just saying. Shape. I, I, you asked for a high heat. I'm giving you my high heat. It's coming right at you. I'm the one with the hot take. <laughs> so it's fine. I understand. I, I don't think he gets fired, though. I think he hi- he signs Colin Kaepernick, um, plays him. I think he ends up one starting job, probably. Um, and Ty, I think Tyler Taylor drops the third. So I'm trying to trade him in really if anybody wants him. <laughs> um, but I, that's what I think. I think he's I think he's good for this year. And don't get me wrong. Tyrod Taylor is a perfectly serviceable quarterback. And he's, I like Tyrod Taylor. He's a startable guy. I mean, he's had some rough injuries. Um, I just don't think he's a winning quarterback anymore in the NFL. And I don't think Justin Herbert is ready either to jump in. So I don't see Kaepernick going to Chargers. I guess I wouldn't be shocked if he did. I think someone will sign him for sure. Um, but that's why I kind of think they're going to start the season off so rough. Wes, Toby? Yeah, I'll go. Um, I'm actually more on the Jake train. I'll tell you why. Uh, I, I think it's not a hot take. But anyways, uh, I'm not a huge fan of Tyrod Taylor. The last time we saw him as a starter, he was with the Cleveland Browns. And he lasted two games. And... <laughs> It was bad, like really bad. He was also like, on the Browns. <laughs> and Baker won six six out of what six out of four six out of uh, 13. fourteen games. I think he played thirteen. Okay, yeah. So he came in as a rookie and threw twenty seven touchdowns. Mm-hmm. When Tyrod Taylor threw like zero through two games, <laughs> so he was really bad. He was he was he in Buffalo started. after Cleveland, by the way. What he was. In Buffalo after Cleveland, he didn't start in Buffalo though, did he? Oh, he definitely started after he played in Cleveland. No, he was in he was in Buffalo. Oh, I lied. He was in Buffalo. I looked that backwards. Back off. I make mistakes. I was gonna say. All right. So, anyways, continue, Wes. <laughs> anyways, uh, I, 
I think whenever Tyrod was in Buffalo, he was a great starter. And, uh, you know, I think I even picked him in fantasy football one year because he was a great guy. But I don't think he's the same quarterback. Uh, I think he's lost maybe two or three steps now. Doesn't have a good arm. And what we talked about earlier is uh, the reason why Austin Eckler is going to have so much so much uh, production, uh, have a great season is because he's going to have a ton of check downs because Tyrod's not a down-the-field quarterback anymore. And mm-hmm. whenever they make, whenever they decide to make the switch to Herbert, uh, I honestly think Herbert's a bust. That's my hot take. Herbert's going to be a bust. Tua and Burrow are going to be solid. Herbert's going to be a bust. How many times do we see three quarterbacks in the top ten all be good? Hardly ever. Uh, we had Mitch Trubisky, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Trubisky's going to get benched. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, um, most. And that are drafted Deshaun Watson was twelfth pick. <laughs> Twelve. Tell <laughs> him. Instead of just doing this. So, anyways, uh, that's my hot take. I mean, obviously, Jake's supposed to be doing the hot takes, but nope, I think Hurts like gonna it. be, and uh, Tyrod's gonna drop. And I don't know if Lynn will get fired by week nine, but I think he'll definitely be fired. All right, James, what do you got to say real quick before Toby? Toby. Uh, on a side note, Tyrod Taylor, he does not check down to running backs ever. Hardly, he runs. He's yep. more of a scrambler. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I'm not right. predicting this awesome season for Eckler either. I think he'll have a good season. Hope he breaks yeah. his leg. We'll see. Mitch has him. Jeez, that's a little far. Yes. Only out for like a oh, week. James is vicious. <laughs> uh, to be honest with you, I'm actually a lot higher on the Chargers this year than a lot of people. I think that they have the roster to be able to make it to the playoffs. It all depends upon the quarterback play, like we've all been talking about. So it really just all depends upon taylor or herbert whoever ends up being the starter and whoever ends up playing most of the year i think they have the roster to make the playoffs as far as how hot your take is i don't think it's that hot because if they do get out to the start that you that you you know predicted two and seven three and six whatever then i think with the roster that lynn is given to be it that bad i don't see a reason he shouldn't be fired i think the chargers have a really good football team that should be able to contend for the afc aside from the quarterback play i think the stat it's last year was they've got a they've got such a tough division too, and that back absolutely. half of the season's even harder than the first half. No, absolutely, I completely agree. But if you look at their last year, I believe it was six or seven games were one possession games mm-hmm. that they lost. If you turn that around, they make the playoffs last year, and they might be able to do something in the AFC. They're not going to compete against the Chiefs, so they're probably not going to win the division. It's a toss up with the Raiders right now whether they're better than them and the Broncos too. Uh, so, yeah, I agree it's going to be a tough division, but I think the Chargers could actually make the playoffs. And then, again, they could also be that 2-7, and 3-6 and six team, and then Lynn get fired. So I don't think it's an incredibly hot take. If I were to say that I was giving a hot take like the other two guys have, then I would say the Chargers are going to make the playoffs. Interesting. Man, we're all over the place in the Chargers. I'd, who knew that this would bring up such an interesting conversation? All right, that's high heat, everybody. Uh, we'll be trying to do something like that every week. All right, without any further ado, Wes, take it away for your NBA portion of the show. Oh, I thought we were getting into trivia. We'll do trivia after if we have time. All right, all right. So, I mean, NBA is coming back very, very soon. Uh, Actually, today was the first day of the transaction window. Uh, Teams are able to sign free agents for a week, and then we will be getting into – the season or however you want to call it so just a kind of a basic timeline of what we're going what we're getting into uh so two days ago june 21st all players reported to their home market uh toronto actually flew down to florida because they don't want to be in toronto during it so they are i think they're at central florida or at university of central florida doing their training camp that's uh, interesting i i didn't know that they were going to allow the players to fly because for baseball, they talked about Toronto not knowing if they could go down to their facilities because their facilities are in Florida as well, but Florida is a bad area for the virus too. And Canada has a non-travel uh, like embargo, I guess, uh, across borders unless it's essential. Um, yeah. So I guess maybe they're considering that to be essential travel. Well, I think most of the players are American anyway oh. or live in America, mm-hmm. so they'd have to back through Canada and then back to America. Sense. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and again, so going back to it, that today was a trans- transaction window. Um, uh, so teams can, you know, if players decide they're not going to come back for this rest of the season, they can uh, sign other players for that. Uh, yeah, June they can 30th. Start doing trades as well. 
Uh, I think it's just free agents okay. right now. Now the season they can't trade. The season yeah, is no. it's like starting like with a blank slate, right? No. Okay. no. Okay. You go. You tell me. You tell me. Everything's staying the same. So so June thirtieth training camp will begin. Uh, July seventh, the, all the teams will go to Orlando. Uh, July thirty first, the seeding games begin. So the way this is going to work is they're going to do eight games. It's going to be like they're keeping the same records that they had beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. They're going to play eight games. So wherever it is right now, uh, that's that's how they'll decide who makes the playoffs. So the reason that the West had thirteen teams who made the playoffs and the East only had nine is because there was only there was four teams in the West who are within eight games of the playoffs, and there's only one team within eight games of the playoffs in the East. So, so this uh, not every team is going back, right? Correct. Okay. Twenty two out of the thirty two thirty out of the thirty teams are going back. So. Uh, not a full, not a full league. So, like the Hawks, who were on fire at the end of the season, they didn't get to go. They didn't get to go back. Oh, and if we had a full season, they might have made it man. because the eight seed is pretty weak. But I'm sure James will have something to talk about there. But uh, <laughs> so th- after the eight games uh, are concluded, there's actually going to be a play-in tournament. So the way this is going to work, and I thought this was really interesting, and we'll, we might bring up a little later. Um, if one, there's a t- one second. Before, so something interesting came in my head. This is really frustrating for baseball, right? Because they could have had the season start much earlier. And if they're starting July 25th or 26th, like everyone's saying, and now the NBA starting July 31st, they're going to lose so much money to these NBA games. Mm-hmm. I mean, they'll lose so much money because I'll tell you right now, most people are going to say, oh, do I watch the new format NBA season or the very beginning of baseball season that I know I've got 60 more games of? People are going to choose the NBA, I guarantee it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, um, August 15th and 16th, they're going to have a playing game. So if there's any team that's within four games of the eight seed, uh, that nine seed, they're going to play. So the way it kind of goes, the way it's kind of work is the eight and nine seed will play one game. If the eight seed wins, the eight seed advances to the playoff. If the nine seed wins, they'll play one more game. And if the nine seed wins that second game, the nine seed will advance to the playoff as the eight seed. So it's only a two game playoff, which is okay. weird. I've never heard anything like that. I'll think about that. James. So it's like a double elimination kind of thing. Kind of. But yeah. only if you're the lower seed. <laughs> right. All right. But yeah, it's like going to the championship game as a loser right. and a double elimination. Correct. Yeah. So yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting and i thought it was weird but i kind of like it now you say it it's kind of kind of west i question, like it or for you guys you guys are all more basketball guys than i am do you think this is going to accurately bring about the right teams in the playoffs being the best teams that deserve to be there probably okay i mean the, the reality is the, the only teams that can really miss the playoffs at this point are people that really weren't going to contend for a title anyways. Okay. I mean, the the Bucks are almost locked. I mean, the Bucks are the best team in basketball. They're basically locked into the one seed in the East. The Lakers and Clippers are still going to be one and two more than likely in the West. You're pretty oh. much still going to – you're still going to get the best teams going against each other. So, yeah. and, and, you know, if you're that ninth seed who get, who beats the eighth seed, congratulations. You get to play the Lakers or the Bucks. Like, <laughs> congratulations. Yep. There you go. Okay. So. So it and should LeBron, balance out pretty well. Yeah, and LeBron My, James has never had, but never gone into a playoffs with four months rest. Nice, so take nice. that into account as well. It hurt him. My, my, my question for James and Wes, um, Jake, you could jump in if you want, if you feel like you know, but who do you think that this hurt the most, um, that, this layoff, and who do you think, what team do you think it helped the most? I know what I think. What do you guys think? Like you're talking about people like, in the playoffs right now? Or yeah, just I general? think like, – yeah, like teams that you think benefited the most from this layoff, teams that really got kind of screwed over by this whole layoff. Obviously, they couldn't play in the coronavirus, but that whole thing. Uh, who do you think benefited one, the most? My number one team, without question, uh, is the Denver Nuggets. Um, Nikola Jokic, now he lost a lot of weight, but today it came out that he did yeah. have coronavirus. So um, who knows what that will entail you know, with the season getting ready to start back up again. You know, he may get the two negatives and be ready to go. But, uh, and you know, after seeing a few pictures of him, yeah, he lost weight. 
it looks like he lost too much weight. He looks like he's yeah. close to 230, 240 after playing at 290. So Yeah. Well, part of and, his game was he couldn't get moved around because he was so big. Exactly. And he, he's not a big leaper. I don't know if maybe, maybe that might be changed into his uh, game now. Uh, so he, he won based on his based on his big burly size and his skill. And, you know, now he's lost a lot of weight, got coronavirus. So that'll, you know, it's like the flu. So you're going to lose more weight there. And they're also a yeah. pretty young team and, you know, a big layoff. It gives the older teams an advantage because it gives those older teams uh, time to rest. And now they're rested up for the playoffs and everyone's on an even level playing field gives those older teams that advantage, that better advantage. Um, I will say the, the one that was most excited about was the Brooklyn Nets until Durant decided not to play. So I would have said them uh, because I mean, obviously because uh, Kyrie could have came back and Durant, they both would have been semi injured, mm-hmm. but they decided not to. So, I hope they lose everything. Um, so the Nets are still going to make it in the playoffs, even the, yes, the they are actually in the playoffs. They are the yeah. seventeen. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, the team I think it helps the most is the Seventy Sixers. Um, they had everybody on the team was hurt. I mean, like, yeah, they had the, they had to pull up somebody from the G League. Of course, he ended up being really good. Um, and now they all got what four months of rest. So I, I I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself, but. I think it helps them more than anything, anyone, and pro- of course the Lakers See, too, because they get rest. Yeah, I think I think it helps the Lakers. Uh, I think a team we keep overlooking that it helps is the Pelicans. Obviously, I think the NBA really wanted them. It, so I mean, Zion is completely healed now. He was on a minutes restriction at the when when the season took a hiatus. Now he probably doesn't have to be. He might still be just because the Pelicans are built more for the future than winning right now. I think the teams that really get hurt the most are the teams that have maybe one star, maybe two, but they depend really highly on team chemistry and teamwork. So I think a team like the Miami Heat, where Jimmy Butler is a great closer, a great player, Bam Adebayo is a great player, but they don't have the star p- power of some of these other teams in the East, like the like the Sixers, like the Celtics, and they're really dependent on how fluid they worked as a team, and now they've been laid off for what three or four months and so that chemistry doesn't just come back in eight games so i think you could see a team like the miami heat who are what third or fourth in the east end up getting swept or something like that in the playoffs because they just don't get that chemistry back and a team like the sixers that maybe doesn't have to rely as heavily on chemistry and can have ben simmons joel mb tobias harris josh richardson kind of carry them through the playoffs i think you could see the miami heat end up struggling because of it I think that's a great point, um, and the fact that Miami's, uh, you know, they have a, they have that strong kind of um, foundation of kind of their what their, their core beliefs, but you know that's a that's a great point you brought up, and they do rely on a lot of young players. Duncan Robinson's a young guy, Kendrick Nunn's a young guy. I know him, he's a Michigan guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good player too. <laughs> I mean, so they have a lot of kind of young guys that they've kind of that kind of bought into their their uh, team beliefs. But again, young players, first time in the playoffs. Now that you know, there's been a big hiatus and big long hiatus, and now you know they're being thrust back into a short and condensed season. So that will and, definitely. And to be honest with you, I know it's not going to be popular. I think the Bucks could hurt too from it because the Bucks, as much as they depend on Giannis, they also rely on how well they work as a team together. And the other thing is that it kind of screwed them over is they did a really good job throughout the regular season of conserving their starters minutes, that doesn't matter anymore. The fact that Giannis wasn't playing 40 minutes a game doesn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now, now they can go all out. Everyone can go all out, so. Hey, you got something? No, I yeah. was just fixing my mic. Oh, <laughs> all right. Um, and then, you know, uh, after the play-in tournaments, uh, the first round of playoffs is just, you know, playoffs are the playoffs. Best eight teams. Um, they're not conference based, are they? Uh, they are based on conference, so, so it's not one to sixteen. It's mm. going to be one you know one through, through, eight, through eight, eight each conference. So oh, I thought it was. So staggered. does that mean there there will be four team or five teams getting eliminated from the West and only one team eliminated from the East? Uh, technically, it'll be four teams. So oh, because of the play in series. Well, 
Yeah, nine. and I hope the Wizards lose all eight games. I guess it will be five teams. Like, 13 minus eight is five, Wes. <laughs> yeah. Not much well, I know about basketball, but I know that much. Yeah, that math stuff, not about <laughs> it. But anyways, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see if the uh, the Pelicans and uh, I'll be interested to see if the Blazers can make up three games on the Grizzlies. Yeah. Um, you know, I think uh, out of those four out of the four teams in the West, uh, I do think the Pelicans have a decent shot. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Kings came up too. Uh, so we'll see. But I, I, I think. Oh, I never think, mind. I think the Grizzlies will probably hang in there. Yeah. Um, I, I did have the. I was going to choose. I mean, you wrote down. I don't know if you're going to do this next. Uh, the contenders for contenders. Dark Horse. You going to do that? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to do that right now. Okay. I'll wait uh, all right. So. Kind of James just just mentioned it. Uh, we're gonna do a segment called the Contend Pretenders and Dark Horse. So we'll go through each category one by one. Um, we'll go. Uh, let me put it in my random categorizer. Click 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 click. Uh, James, Toby, Jake. <laughs> okay, I actually usually do a random generator. <laughs> and uh, one time you definitely me, did not. <laughs> give me your one contender, and then tell me why, and then we'll move to the next person, and then give me, and then we'll just kind of go down. Go down from there, and I will Wait, go. What order am I in? I got Google. James, teams. Toby, and Jake. Okay. So starting off with James, give me one contender. Um, it can be uh, – actually, give me one from the west and one from the east, but well, try to keep it down. I'm going to go the easy one in the west. I'm going to say the Lakers. Um, you got Anthony Davis and LeBron James, and they're both playing some of their best basketball. I mean, he doesn't have to do everything himself now, and I think it's really starting to show how he's starting to play better. I feel like all around because he is that they don't have to hang a score at will if he needs to. Um, I think the Lakers just have, I mean, they piece piece with them to make them well with the money they had. I mean, they didn't have a ton of money because they paid them so much. Um, and then the West, uh, that was the West uh, East. Sorry. Sorry. My bad. Dog, my bad. Even the though Lakers. you could easily make them as the dark horse, uh, because they're so far ranked down. But I, I think the 76ers are contenders. Um, I think they're going to have the easy route because they are going to probably face, like, Boston first, which, I mean, it's not easy, but I would rather face Boston than Milwaukee or Boston. I'd rather face Boston than Indiana just because Indiana's so scrappy. Um, I don't know. I think the 76ers are legit contenders this year. Um, they've been so close, and now this rest is going to help them. Mm. Okay. Toby? Well, I'll leave Jake a really easy one out east. So for the East Eastern Conference, I'm going to go with a contender as the Celtics. Oh, they, that's literally I, who I was going to say, Toby. I don't know anything about well, anyone else. <laughs> I left you the easiest layup and right. with the best Pistons team in the league is. in the East. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so I think with the Celtics, I think you're going to see. I think you're going to see with this long layup. I think you're going to see star power kind of take over, and I think the Celtics have so much star power and so i think you're going to see Alan brown jason tatum gordon hayward all those guys are going to be awesome and so i think you could see them maybe overtake a team like milwaukee just because milwaukee only has two stars and i think stars are going to be big in the playoffs uh this year and then i'll take the the second best team in the west since james took the best one and i'll take the clippers and that's another team with great Clippers, star power out west. The Clippers had some uh, <laughs> wins against the Lakers early in the season, though. Yeah. They beat more, more, I think more than anyone. Yeah. Yeah, so. I mean, the, the Clippers The Clippers are truly one of the teams out west that can actually stop LeBron, and they don't have to throw one guy at them the entire game. One thing I'm excited about with this NBA postseason, I don't usually watch the postseason very much. Um, unless the Cavs are in it, which they haven't been in a while. Not um, this year. <laughs> not this year, that's for sure. Um, but one thing I think this season does have is a lot more parity in the league. I think there's a, more than two teams that have a chance to actually win like there have yeah. been in the last, what, 10 years? Definitely. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. that that's going to be fun to watch. Um, you, Jake. Hey, you know, I watch like a little bit, and sometimes some of the sports shows I talk about uh, talk about NBA, and I forget to hit skip. So... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, at this point, I'm still working, so I guess I'll keep typing. Um, but anyways, so I guess that leaves me with the Bucks with Giannis and Chris Middleton, Eric Bledsoe. Um, they're a great team. They have the best defense in the league, and they have arguably the best player in the league, um, Giannis. So 
I guess there's not much more to say about that. I mean, Toby called him the best team in basketball earlier, so that makes it easy for me. And in the West, honestly, guys, outside the Clippers and Lakers, I don't even know who's good. So it is what it is. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, so uh, Eastern Conference, you know, we can pick the same teams, guys. I just want to be clear with that uh, if, if y'all oh, think don't so. Don't get me wrong. I was going to pick the Bucks. No, it's all right. It's okay. All right. <laughs> oh, I'm so confused. It's cool. Uh, I actually really like the. Uh, oh man, there's. I mean, James got brought up a good point. Seventy Sixers. Uh, the only issues I have with Seventy Sixers and the Bucks is their two best players can't shoot, and yeah. Giannis has been yeah. shooting a little bit more. Can shoot better than you. Shoot better than Simmons. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> but anyways. Um, Giannis and yeah, Giannis can't shoot better than Simmons, no question. Uh, we'll see if that jumper gets tighter in the playoffs, but um, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna have to stick with the mm, I'm gonna go with the Celtics as as well. Actually, uh, you know, Kemba Walker, the the big four in Boston, uh, I so really love. Are you saying the Celtics are your pick to represent the East, or you're just saying they're a team that you think is a good chance? That's the team that I think has. I mean, I I want to say the Raptors, but I don't think they're they're no. like got the star power to get there. So I'm gonna say no. Boston. Kemba <laughs> have 18 losses, blowing my mind. Yeah, I mean they've just got hot now. Pascal Siakam is legitimate Ooh, superstar. Baller. Uh, so love him. They are coached well, just like but the another team is coached very well is the Boston Celtics. Brad Stevens, absolutely is the top three coach in the league. Uh, Kimball Walker is a great team player, uh, as is Gordon Hayward. And you got the two young studs, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Um, you know, they. I think there was kind of some addition by subtraction when they got rid of Kyrie uh, because Kimba came in and just came in and just completely, you know, bought into the system. And Kyrie kind of seemed like he was never bought in. Terry Rozier wanted more minutes. You know, they shipped him out for Kimba. Marcus Morris was always one more touches. They let him go. So, you know, they, they stuck with their core. Guys who bought into their system, I think they have the best chance in the East. Now, is it Marcus Smart? Is he back? Like, Marcus is he fully Smart healthy? Is, he will be back. Okay, because he's a, he's a good defender, too. Yeah. So. Great defender. He's, he's, he's like Brad Stevens' favorite player. He just tried <laughs> it 100%. Isn't Brad Stevens that guy who plays for the Wisconsin Badgers? No. Guard. No. That's Brad Davison. Brad Davison. Yeah. That's close. Right. All right. West. And West. my contender for the West, um, that is the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, <laughs> we've never seen LeBron with a with a four-month layoff, and we've Shit. never seen this much rest, and now he's going to be able to go all out for however long playoffs are, I think. Um, we're going to see a Boston Lakers – NBA Finals. That would be, I, I will say that would be dope. <laughs> that will be pretty sweet. But it's going to be Philadelphia, but it's okay. <laughs> so I would be happy with either one. But, yes, yeah, so those are my contenders. Uh, all right, so let's go backwards this time. I'll go last again, though. So, Jake, give me your pretenders. <laughs> oh, that's easy. Uh, that's going to be the Denver Nuggets. I don't think that they have a legitimate oh. chance to win this year, uh, especially with the stacked um, Western Conference. Like we said, Nikola, Nikola Jokic being sick. The, I know what he looks like, at least. He's the young uh, blonde guy, right? He's a little husky. <laughs> he's a little yeah. yeah. Is he, was he a rookie this year or last year? No, not, not even close. Not even close. <laughs> Am I not the right guy? guy? Who's that young kid? I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> I have no idea. What you're, Luka, talking. you're talking about Luka, Luka Donich. He's for the Mavericks, though. That's yeah, yeah that is correct. I, I don't know who this Nikola fella is. <laughs> Anyways... <laughs> So he's a scrub, so I don't think that the Nuggets are really going to do much. Only a top 10 player in the league, but and that's then, okay. Uh, in the At East, I'm saying uh, the Heat because they don't have LeBron anymore, so I don't think they have a legitimate chance to win in the East either. Oh, I love it. Well, I love it. Well, All right, Toby. Please. All right, well, I'm going to – I'm gonna. I want to clarify for my contenders. Uh, I picked two teams, but I think it's going to be the Lakers Bucks. But uh, for pretenders, I'm going to piggyback off Jake. And I think for the Eastern Conference, I already talked about it. I think it's Miami Heat. It's easy. Have an awesome record. 
have a have an awesome team overall, have great team chemistry. It's not going to be able to be reignited in eight games oh. and get them rolling into the playoffs. I see them being a first round exit. And not the Western mention, Conference, not to mention piggybacking on your Heat. The Heat were twenty seven and five at home earlier in the season, and on the road they were fourteen and nine. So having a neutral site. <laughs> Uh, they're going to lose a lot of that advantage they have. <laughs> I know myself. Um, Jake, I'm going to start yeah, praying oh, for you more. Thank you. A lot more. I appreciate it, James. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think who I, would, who I would have as a pretender out west because, to be honest with you, I think you could give, what is it, 13 teams out west going there? I think you could give 11 of them as pretenders. I think the only contenders out there are the Clippers and the Lakers. So as far as a pretender in the west, I would say – uh, basically anybody that's not the Clippers and Lakers. I don't think I see anybody contending for a title outside those two in the West. That's fair. I, I, I partially agree with that. <laughs> Just part um, Yeah, James? Um, let's see here. I'm going to go ahead and do the West first because there's a team I love. I love this team. Back off. I love this team so much. And I, I always want them to do well, but they just got an injury recently, and I think it's going to kill them. And I think the Utah Jazz are going to be uh, whatever the word is we're looking at. Um, Pretender? Pretenders. Uh, I, I, like I said, I love them, but I think Bogdanovich got hurt. And I, I have someone, he just got hurt, like seriously hurt, like out for the year, uh, probably yep. part of the next year. Yeah, Boyan Bogdanovich just has yeah. shoulder surgery. That guy was clutch, too. Um, mm-hmm. But they don't have him anymore. And um, didn't they recently lose their other shooting guard? Um, uh, Donovan Mitchell still still no, the white one. Joe Ingles. Yeah, is he still there? Yep, he's still there. Uh, well, still it doesn't matter because I like Magnanovich. Magnanovich. Um, I still think the contenders. I think they they lose first round. Um, I think that's why they lose the first round. So I'm gonna get off that. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see where these teams uh, stack up once the all the dust settles after these eight games. Because uh, if you look at it, um, teams seven through th- seven through three are all two games, two to three games within each other. So uh, the Mavericks could jump up to three seed potentially at the seven seed. Uh, the Nuggets could fall to you know what, wherever. There's, there's a lot of movement that could happen. So uh, we're in the air there. Um, so my pretenders out east. Um, I'm going to say are the Miami Heat as well. Um, I like, I love what they're doing there. I think it was really cool that Jimmy Butler went to a team that didn't have another like huge superstar. I know Bam Adebayo developed into one, but it's cool to kind of see teams and this kind of happened throughout the league. It's cool to see teams kind of get away from the big three. And now we kind of have a dynamic duo kind of thing going on, which I think is really cool. Um, so I'm going to go with the Miami Heat there, even though I do like them a lot. But again, young young core, um, you know, we'll see if they can uh, hang in there. But I don't think they can, especially with uh, the talent or the, the teams that are around that range. Uh, my pretender in the West may surprise y'all. It's the Houston Rockets. Uh, James Harden, Russell Westbrook uh, in the regular season have been wildly inconsistent. And I don't know if I mean, y'all, y'all, y'all have played basketball before. If y'all don't, if y'all don't shoot for a long time, teams that shoot a lot of threes come in pretty rusty. I know they're going to be coming you. out of training camp, but I don't know if we can survive a game with James Harden going one for seventeen from three, or potentially worse. Um, yeah. And I, I love Russell Russell Westbrook's energy, but the one thing that I still haven't seen from him is being able to calm down in the big moment. He always has a he always looks like he's playing like like he's shaking the, like the whole fourth an quarter, and he just needs to calm down and kind of play poised. But I bet your dad said that before. Hasn't he? Do what? I said I bet that sounds like something your dad would say. I bet he said that to you, hasn't he? No, I said no. that to him. Ah, he said to him. Just knowing your dad, I could see. I've watched sports with him before. And I could just hear him saying, "Russell just needs to slow down and just calm down." <laughs> he does. I mean, he does think that now, but I'm the one who told that All to right, him. Okay. Uh, yeah, Russ just, you know, he, I think, you know, the one thing that we can, we can think about with Westbrook, he's never going to quit. And that's something we've seen from James Harden in the past two playoffs. He's quit on the team 
when we needed him most. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, now I hope that's not the case. I hope we win the championship this year, and I'll be rooting for them. But they're my pretenders for this year. That's cool. I don't want to do my pretender in the East, by the way. That's fine. You just do what you do, man. Well, great. I'm glad you didn't want to because we're going to go ahead and move on to our next segment. So, <laughs> um, great. I really enjoyed that, Wes. NBA stuff. I learned a lot. I'll tell you that right now. I mean, heck, I think I learned about six new teams today. So, we're really we're really moving. Um, we're going to do some trivia now. We're going to try to make this quick, okay? So, we're doing five questions, no more, no less. Uh, our current standings are Wes at two and a half points, James at two points, and Toby at one half point. So, question is this. The Broncos quarterback Peyton Manning was recently named Sports Illustrated. This is an old uh, trivia article, just so you know, okay? So, Peyton Manning at this point was named the Illustrated Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year. It was the first time he took the honor. The winner of the award in 2000 was the first athlete to win it for a second time. So, the first two-time winner. Name that athlete if you can. 2000? In 2000. Uh, I can take a guess. And if I don't get it, I don't care. I'm going to go Tiger Woods. Okay. James? I am James. I mean, Wes? Any guesses? Uh, are we going to go multiple choice here? Or? I'll give you multiple choice. I'm only going to give you three choices, though, because I have to think these ones up on my own. <laughs> okay. Mm, I'll wait for choices. Okay. Your choices are Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille. Jeez. Shaquille O'Neal, Tiger Woods, and Derek Jeter. 2000? 2000. 2000. I'm going to go... Wait, so what's the award again? It's the Sports like, Illustrated man. Sportsman of the Year. Oh, jeez. Uh, I'm going to go Shaq. I'm going to be a point behind because I think it's Tiger. All right, James and Toby get one point. It was Tiger Woods. I get two points. James gets, oh, James James gets, two. gets two. Yeah, that was right in his prime. Well played, sir. Thank you. Vince Scully. <laughs> what? It's my go-to every time. Back off. Everyone knows the Hall of Fame great Michael Jordan played his college ball at North Carolina, but playing for the Tar Heels wasn't his first choice. In fact, he actually rooted for North Carolina State while growing up. Who did the great Michael Jordan originally want to play for? Oh, I should know this. Did they say it in the last dance? I thought they did. They did. I can't remember what it was. So. I cannot remember. I'm going to know it as soon as he You want to hear the three choices? Yeah. It will go yeah. in yeah. Toby, Wes, James will be the, the operations, order of operations. Was it Duke, Kentucky, or UCLA? Toby, you first. Argue me. <laughs> Good grief. Maybe I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> he came out in the 80s. So I feel like I'm going to say UCLA. I'm going to go with Kentucky. I'm going to probably be wrong. I think it's UCLA, but I'm going to say Duke. It is UCLA. So Toby has two points now. John want to play for UCLA all the way over in California. Okay, look, that's our second question, correct? Okay. Well, I'm still West is losing. All right, Blessing. presidential ceremonial pitches have been a tradition <laughs> in MLB since opening day. Who of the blank season, I'm not going to tell you because you'll know who it is, who was the first president to throw out a ceremonial first pitch? I actually knew this one. You got a guess, Toby? Taft. Okay. Taft is the the guy who is shaped like a ball. I don't know <laughs> if, if that means anything. Interesting fact, William Taft really once got ball. stuck in his bathtub and had to have the staff pull him out. Wes James, any guesses you want to wait for your choices? Uh, I'm just going to throw out uh, Ronald Reagan. Okay. The choices are Ronald Reagan, William Taft, and Dwight D. Eisenhower. Taft. Okay, it is Taft. So Toby gets two and James gets a one. Wes is. I had an advantage though because the Nationals only have racing presidents and Taft is only in there because he threw the first pitch out. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had no idea. I just copied Toby. Not gonna lie. 
<laughs> All right, this is going to be a first one to answer, okay? Oh, it's only worth one point. There's only one athlete who has done this in the same week. He has done this this act. He has hit a home run and scored a touchdown in the MLB. Oh, MLB. Jackson. Nope. Deion Sanders. There you go, Dude. Wesley. Woo! On the you board. You say it, Toby. You got to say it. All right, Wes is on the board. Oh. Final question. Oh. Wes, you pretty much have... Wes is so... West cannot Toby, has, Toby has three and I have four. I mean, I have three and he has four. I can't have Yikes, Toby, I, I, I'm about to shoot you through the No computer. chance. How about give me that uh, four-point play? Sorry, Wes. We're not doing <laughs> not, that today. Not today. You better hope Toby gets it right. All right, skipping soccer questions. Oh, man. I'm wearing a soccer jersey. Should have went with UCLA. <laughs> Ah, all right, here we go. Which retired ball player was nicknamed the Iron Bird? Ooh. Wes, you got to guess. Good luck, my friend. <laughs> well, really, you can't win at all, so. Yeah, you can all wait. It doesn't matter. Wes can just try the to Iron get Bird. points. Yep. Yeah, I'll just get it right. I'll okay. just. Yeah. Uh, James, Toby, then Wes, the order. Was it? Uh, can we do like the one, two, three thing? Because me and Toby, if he copies me, he's going to beat me automatically. <laughs> hmm. I'm making Toby go first then. I like it. <laughs> okay. Was it Lou Gehrig, Cal Ripken Jr., or Ken Griffey? Not Ken Griffey Jr., Ken Griffey Sr. I'm going to go, uh, ooh. I'm going to go Cal Ripken Jr. because he played for a bird team and played right. a lot of games. Bold strategy, Cotton. I'll go Lou Gehrig because every time I go Lou Gehrig now. <laughs> <laughs> James, you want to take a guess? That's Wes. Uh, Wes, I mean, I don't know why I do that to you guys all the time. I'm going to go Griffey. It was Cal Ripken Jr., so Toby gets the victory 5-3. Toby, you needed that win. You were way behind. So I did. That puts the season standings at Wes 2.5, James at 2, and Toby at 1.5. All right, you guys got any uh, interesting stories for me this week? Oh, man, I did have one. I hope you had one. I'm, I I need some things. I, I need something in return for all this work I put into this show. And hey, kudos to Wes for writing the outline. I was reading a book one time, which isn't. Yeah, that was good. I was reading a book one time, which could be an interesting fact in itself. But I was reading a uh, biography of Roy Williams, coach of North Carolina. Uh-huh. And he said one time he was driving down the highway when he was a younger boy, probably about, I don't know. He just got his license, so he's driving. And this this couple in front of him on the two-lane highway was driving incredibly slow, and he was kind of getting pissed off about it. So eventually he decided to pass this car, and he flipped him off. And, with, <laughs> and so he learned to never be that disrespectful to people again. I mean, he comes from North Carolina and doesn't even say cuss words or anything. So Did those people end up being that. someone of uh, reputation? I don't know. I don't think so, but just a relative. The most random story I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I, well, couldn't, I couldn't think of anything, so. Hey, well, I appreciate the effort, Toby. I needed something, so at least now hey, I know Roy Williams once had a road rage. I hey, got mine, but that's cool. <laughs> that, actually, that actually gives me a story. Uh, whenever I was a sophomore in high school, uh, I was playing in this tournament, and we were playing against, you know, in, in, in the tournament, there was a guy who played in the NBA. Uh, his name is Perry Jones III. He played at Baylor, got drafted by the Thunder, played a few years in the NBA. Uh, but there at the tournament, scouting Perry Jones was Roy Williams in the stands. Oh, and, like, that's I, cool. That's awesome. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, I'll go introduce myself. You know, maybe I'll, you know, make it there. I was like, hey, Coach Williams, I'm a player too. And he just kind of looked at me. He's like, you want an autograph or something? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Perry just played with uh, Isaiah Austin on Baylor, didn't he? Same time. Yes. Yeah. That's my interesting stat. I played basketball with Isaiah Austin in seventh grade. We were on the same team. I was the second tallest kid on the team at 5'11". He was six. Was he the one I got? Yeah. He, he, I was at practice with yep. him when he had lost his eye. So, Well, I should say he lost Please. his eye, where he had his eye damaged. And uh, then he had to get it removed later on. Did but you do it? I didn't do it. He was dunking on another kid. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, I'm surprised it wasn't you. <laughs> I am surprised too. I, literally, my job was to get rebounds when he shot, 
because he always got the rebounds, but he was also a good three-point shooter. And then I just passed it to him. So that was my only job. <laughs> Anyways, um, also another interesting stat, Rachel Luba, uh, the agent to Trevor Bauer, liked our tweet today. Sounds hey. Yeah. Our tweet? Swinging Your baseball tweet. podcast. And what was our tweet today? I said uh, that uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's Paige, Paige uh, what's her name? Hash. Uh, that's not good. It shouldn't come off that way. Uh, her name's Hashlib or Hashelb. Anyway, she's this softball player named Paige Halstead. And she did some live BP with Trevor Bauer and some other pitchers. And she was like raking the fastballs. She wasn't in curveballs or anything. Oh, was that her? Yeah. And uh, I said, this girl could legit compete in the MLB. And there's some pretty terrible baseball players in the MLB, let's be honest. I think she could compete. If she trained to learn how to hit, like, sliders, change-ups, and curveballs, she could do something. So basically, Austin Riley is what you're telling me. More or less, yeah. Chris Davis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, she'd definitely be better, be better than Chris Davis, I feel. I mean, who knows, honestly, but she's an athlete, and uh, she was hitting some high heat. All right, you got anything for me, Wes? Or James, man, I'm I'm off today. Good grief! No, we look just alike, but <laughs> yeah, very similar. Yeah. All right. So, um, y'all might have already seen this. It was on Facebook recently. But who is the only player in MLB to have four seasons of 40 home runs, 120 runs, 130 RBIs, and 15 stolen bases in one season? The kid, Ken Griffey okay. Jr. Ken Griffey Jr. Oh, he did it four it. times. How many other people total have done it? Three. No. One? 18. Zero. Six. <laughs> only, okay, so I've been done six times. I don't know how many people actually did it. It's been done six times. Outside he, of Ken Griffey? Four. Yeah, outside of Ken Griffey, and he did it four times. So it's been done ten times. So ten times total, yes, he's four of them, which is unthinkably believable that impressive. he had. He's one of the greatest time. of all time. He's my favorite. Huh. I'm not biased. Even more than Freddie Freeman, and that's saying a lot. That is saying a lot. You love Freddie. All right, guys, this has been The Swinging Bunt. I hope you enjoyed the show. I know I did. Um, if you are listening to the audio version, we do have the video version available on Facebook and YouTube. Likely it'll be just broken up into smaller segments. I don't think I'll post the whole show because that takes like three hours to load. So go ahead and check out the show. Let us know what you think, what we can improve, what we can do worse or better. And that's the show. Thanks for watching. in the garage the sawdust that pine saw in the moss around every spring when the winter thaw we'd huddle around the radio twist the broken knob 7 10 a.m no kjr daily house's voice would echo throughout the yard couldn't have been older than 10 but to me and my friends the voice on the other end might as well have been gods 1995 the division series anchors up to bat bottom of the 11th inning got the whole town listening swung on and belted the words distorted joy core round third here comes griffey the throw to the place not in time my oh my the mariners win it yes fireworks they lit up that ceiling in the kingdom we had just made history Woven, barely holding that stitch. Creases a time amongst the grime and the grit. Where the leather used to pound his.